Alrighty, welcome back everybody to this week's episode of the Taking a Breath podcast. First week ever doing two episodes. Super exciting. It's flexible. I got the best guests in the game this week and every week. I've already I'm already lining up two episodes next week that I'm so pumped about. Um, but today I'm excited because Tarika is in the career development field, and I've been doing some conversations around hiring and just mentoring for students around their career development. And, and so I'm just so pumped to have her on today. Uh, Tarika Wheeler, she's the founder and CEO of T. Wheeler Strategic Solutions, which is a career development and consulting company. So she's essentially this career and mindset strategist, a strategist who's helping high-achieving professionals and especially women, um, women of color and working parents to discover their unique value and design career strategies that help with their work-life harmony. And that's something we're going to talk a lot about today well, you know there's there's hot topics you know personality tests and work life balance but she is just incredible and I'm so pumped to be able to hear her story share it with you and ask questions she also is the uh, creator and host of the professional DNA podcast you're going to find out what DNA stands for today I love her branding and the thought that she put around that so just get ready to dive in we're going to go straight in Tarika I would love for you to start off by sharing a little bit of your story and then let's jump into the conversation Yes, absolutely. Parker, I'm so excited to be here and so excited to join you and your audience in this conversation. A uh, little bit more about me, a couple little bullets. Parker did an amazing job giving totally. you guys uh, a good foundation. So yes, Tarika Wheeler, CEO and founder of T. Wheeler Strategic Solutions. And I am incredibly passionate about career development. I did not have the most traditional career path. And I definitely had some bumps and some valleys along the way. But once I really understood how to be strategic about my career development, it was a game changer. And so I can't wait to talk about that today. Other little cute little facts about me. I am a wife. I am a mom of three. Uh, recently, my youngest just graduated from high school. And so he is on his way um, in the, his next level of education. Um, my daughter is in, in college and my oldest has graduated from college. Um, I live in the DMV area. Area. So I'm on the East Coast, but I am a Southern girl at heart and originally from Austin, Texas. And I honestly, one interesting fact about me that I always Please. like to tell people um, is that I always wanted to be a nurse. People are like, what? You, you work in project management, you're doing, you know, management consulting, you are, you have this company that's around career development. Like, where's the healthcare piece come in? I always wanted to be a pediatric oncology nurse. And I actually worked on an oncology unit as a clinical assistant for several years. And I had my daughter and then my, my heart just got weak and I, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And so I said, hmm, I still want to be involved in healthcare. And so that's really where my, I would say, professional journey started was in healthcare and kind of public health. And so I, I know we're going to talk about that and talk a little bit about my journey and story because it's a bit unorthodox, but wow. um, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to be here, Parker. And I, I really thank you for uh, tapping in and connecting. It's It's been a while since we've been rocking again together. And so I'm, I'm super excited to join you today. A hundred percent. Well, Hey, thank you for being here. So start us back from kind of the beginning of the journey. I know it's kind of been a little bit all over the place and, and I'm curious to hear like, just when you were getting started in your career, what were some of those first things that you were doing or looking for? And what really, what the, the big thing is like, what worked and what didn't right for you early in career that launched you into where you are now? 
That's a great question. So I'm going to tell you this right now, guys. When I jumped into my career, I I, I didn't do it right. I did it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get that off the table, right? Okay. So, and I say that because I jumped in thinking about I have the 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 training. You know, I was a non-traditional student, so I actually finished my undergraduate degree as an adult, but I still that didn't stop me from starting in my career. And so mm. I started to just kind of go off of emotion and not passion, because I mm. do believe that you should do what you love so you can love what you do. But I also think that it has to be a very passionate and core value decision yes. versus a emotionally driven decision. And so mm. I was very emotionally driven and attracted to certain career paths versus really sitting down and thinking about, well, what is the vision that I have for my life? What is kind of my mission and at my core, what are my core values and what can I do every single day that is going to align with that? Oh yeah. And my skill sets. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't start off that way. And I think that's why I was kind of, you know, touch feel here, here and trying to figure out where to go. And then mm. I would say in 2005, I had a, a light bulb that went off. And I said, you know, Tarika, you're incredibly passionate about a couple of things. You're incredibly passionate about supporting people. You love children and you are all about helping community. Mm. How do I pull that together from a passion perspective and also my kind of innate connection to healthcare because I had been in a healthcare system for so long because as I told you, I thought I was going to be a pediatric oncology nurse, right? Ah. And so that's where I started and I was working in a hospital, but I was leading childhood injury prevention programming. And so I was working in kind of the public health, health promotion space at a local and state level. And I started mm. that in 2005. And it's so funny because I know that in the career development space, you're there, but you're also in that entrepreneurial space. I really had an entrepreneurial mindset. And so I was developing uh, community-based coalitions, essentially, hmm. to operate in their communities for child safety. So I was doing you know, all the things that I, I loved from a, a program development perspective. I was in healthcare. I was working in topics around children. I was in the community. I was doing all of those things. And from 2005 to 2013, I did something that I don't think professionals, especially what I would say like early entry professionals who are coming out of college and going to the career, I did something that many don't do. So here's the first thing, guys, that you absolutely have to do. Know your value and how to articulate it. Know your value and how to articulate it. And when I say value, I don't mean your worth, right? Because you are worthy. You were worthy the day that you came into this earth. Like you're worthy. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about the value that you bring to any company and or organization. What sets you apart and how are you contributing to the overall mission, vision, and strategic plan or bottom line of that company? Mm. And when I figured out, when I figured out what value I brought to the table and I learned how to articulate that value, it, it was unstoppable, 100%. to be very honest with you, right? Because I had something that I... I could leverage consistently that would position myself for growth in my career. Mm, that is so powerful. And and then so uh, I'm first of all the the knowing your value and how to articulate it is a huge piece that I think that a lot of especially younger like first graduating it's intimidating to yeah. feel 
oh, well, I should be telling this manager or this boss or this CEO what I'm what my value is, right? I, I love your point that it's worth worth is completely separate. You are worthy, you, you know, but your value and how to articulate, how can people be more effective, especially early on in career when they don't have a ton of experience with communicating the value that they could bring to a company? That's a great question. So I, I believe that we have to broaden our thinking around the vocabulary of articulation. Mm. Because you can articulate without speaking. You can articulate without speaking. There is a way for you to move and groove, if you will, as a professional, that your actions, hmm. your behaviors, your performance, your contributions begin to develop what I would say is your professional brand. Hmm. And that professional brand begins to just pour and scream Every time you touch a project, every time you go into a meeting, every time you speak and you're providing insights or ideas, you're starting to hone what your colleagues, your peers, your leadership begin to know you for hmm. and begin to expect of you. And as you're doing that, you are carefully training them and their subconscious mind of the value that you bring. Wow. Does that make sense? So yeah. you're positioning yourself ever so strategically and you're going to kind of sneaky a little bit <laughs> to get them to understand how invaluable you are because you are showing a couple of things. One, you're showing that you're tapped into their goals, you're tapped into their needs, and that you have the skill sets and the capabilities. And I'm talking about technical skills and soft skills that you wow. have what they need, what they're hungry for. And mm. so you're positioning yourself to be invaluable. Wow. So you may not always have to go into a room and say, hey, Parker, I want to let you know how valuable I am. It is your actions. It is your behaviors. It's your ability to influence others. It's your ability to lead. I just I just did a, um, an episode actually of a, on a LinkedIn show and I was talking about leadership. And I said, you know, leadership is not a title. All managers and directors and VPs and sadly to say CEOs are not leaders because a leader, a leader positions themselves with a very strategic vision and has interpersonal skills and relationships with those who have a desire, they're inspired and they're motivated to what? Follow. Mm. So you can't choose who you work for. You can't choose who your manager is. You can't choose who your director is. But what you can choose is who you follow. And when companies start to see that, you're golden. You're golden. Mm -hmm. You're golden. All right. This is, see, this is so good. It's, we're like five minutes in and this is, this is so good. This is exactly what I wanted to have you on. So tell us more about, all right. So at some point in career, you said, all right, I want to transition a little bit. I want to start yeah. doing a little bit more on the coaching side. I want to help other people be more effective. What, what led you to want to do that in the first place? And also what, at what point did you make that jump? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
I love to say that this was like my push into wanting to be a, a CEO and a business owner and, you know, be entrepreneurial. And unfortunately, that wasn't my story. So in, in 2013, I actually made a big move and I moved from Texas to the D.C. area for my dream job. Right. I had this opportunity to take what I was doing at a local and state level and start to do it at a global level. And so I worked for a global nonprofit organization. And again, as we talk about the different things that we need to think about as you're coming into career, I was focused on the zeros. I was focused on the, the, the spotlights of like, oh my goodness, this title, this amazing opportunity. I had just finished as an adult getting my degree. Like I was on fire. Okay. Mm. On fire. What I didn't connect to was culture and understanding if where I was going aligned with my core values. So mm. amazing organization, amazing mission. But how many times do we hear about individuals that are in these phenomenal companies that don't have phenomenal cultures? Yeah. Right? And mm. so I positioned myself to where I was great on the so-called professional journey and ladder, but I was not so good from kind of a mental and physical standpoint, because I was in this toxic work environment, mm. I wasn't healthy, I wasn't happy, I wasn't fulfilled. And after three years, I had to step away. And it's when I made that mm. decision, Parker, that it clicked for me that I do not want other professionals to go through what I went through. I don't want other women. Um, I didn't want other women of color. I didn't want other working parents. I didn't want anyone whatever stage they were in their career, to experience what I had gone through, which was making a career move that wasn't strategic. Because mm. I did not look at 360. I looked about 180 at the opportunity, right? Yeah. And so don't get me wrong. I am, I am blessed that I had that opportunity because it's informed so many things in my life. And one of the things that it did what served as a catalyst for me to actually start my company. And so I wanted to get into that space because I said, you know what, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a project manager and strategist by training, but also it's a part of my professional DNA, my defined natural abilities to succeed, mm. right? And I know how to leverage that. And I said, hmm, okay, I need to shift into a space that's going to allow, allow me to operate in my professional DNA, the things that just come naturally to me that I do well, that in a space where I'm going to be fulfilled, something that I love, right? So I can love, do what I love, so I can love what I do. Right. And something that was going to position me to kind of grow and 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 develop others. Mm. So I did a big career shift, but at that same time, I started to think about what else can I do? How else can I make an impact? And when the pandemic hit, I started my professional DNA podcast. That was the first platform where I felt like I could speak to other professionals and have those kind of thought-provoking conversations and talk about the things that a lot of times you don't have in common day conversation about the workplace. Mm. And from there, I got feedback from individuals. People were always asking me for career advice. People were always asking me, Tarika, can you look at my resume? Can you look at my LinkedIn? And I was like, oh my gosh. I need to take that and and leverage it, but leverage it in a way that is helpful. Mm. To and so I said, okay, I became a career and work life strategist. And I really positioned myself to help individuals develop and advance in their career. And whether yeah. that's 
helping them prep for interviews, doing, you know, one-on-one multiple month coaching, doing intensive days, whatever it may be that helps you understand that you need strategy, you need the right mindset, and you need to stop trying to balance life and actually pursue work-life harmony. Mm. And when I was able to do that, it was so fulfilling. It is, you know how amazing it is to work with individuals and to see that transformation and not to say like, yay, me, but to say, oh my goodness, the talents that I was blessed with and, and, and but also the talents that I've been able to hone and because I'm a huge I'm like a knowledge junkie so I love to study and I love to learn new things yeah taking that and helping and supporting others so that they can get to their vision what they desire for their life like Parker there's no better feeling than that 100%. to see those yeah. transformations so yeah that that's what it was I love that. Well, okay. And there was one thing that you said in there. So the professional DNA, I didn't realize this. So this was on my side that it's the defined natural abilities. Maybe the audience caught it. I caught it, made a note of it. Tell us more about that. And, and so one, how did you come up with that branding around the professional DNA? And also how can I, or, you know, any, you know, young person come out of college, how can we start to really find those for ourselves, those defined natural abilities. I'd love to hear more. Absolutely. So, you know, I was thinking, when I was thinking about the name of my podcast and mm-hmm. I went through all types of names, like there's a whole list of somewhere of all the names I was coming <laughs> with. And you know, I'm searching the internet and I'm thinking about the things that I want to go with. And I said, you know what? It really is like, what are the things that you already have? Mm-hmm. And how do you leverage what you're just so good at to get you to another level. I was like, okay, as a professional, and then when we think about how unique we are, what makes us unique, Yeah. right? Mm. And the part of it makes us unique biologically is our DNA. So I said, okay, well, let's think about our professional DNA. And I said, well, what are your defined natural abilities to succeed? Because when we look at DNA from a biological standpoint, your DNA is essentially building blocks, right? So what are the building blocks that make you unique? Mm. What are the attributes that you have that you literally, you're always getting compliments on? You, it, it's always your go-to. It's your go-to skill, your go-to attribute because you just naturally do it and you exceed and excel when you do, right? And so that's how I said, you know what? Your professional DNA, your defined natural ability to succeed and that you have everything inside of you to be your best unique self. And that's mm. your professional DNA. So to your question, you know, how do you how do you discover that? Because I think you have to discover it and then leverage it, right? Yeah. The thing that I want you to do, and guys, if you are listening, you know, hopefully if you're sitting somewhere, you got a piece of paper or go grab one really quick, pause it and then come back. And if you're listening, we'll wait till you get somewhere to stop and then you can like write this down. But for your professional DNA, I want you to really write down a list of everything that you do well everything that you're just naturally good at and and don't undersell yourself are you funny are you always the one who they're asking to do an icebreaker or to start a meeting are you incredibly insightful are you a critical thinker are you a planner right think about what are those things that you just do so naturally well Mm. you always the one they call when it's time to plan an event because you are just like a natural project manager Are you always the one that they ask to write copy because you're a phenomenal writer, right? Think about those things, make a list. Mm. Don't tell yourself short. I always tell my clients, like, you need a list of 20 to start, okay? And then I want you to say, out of your 20, what's your top 10? Really 
start to niche down. And then I want you to get to the top five that these are the things that you are leveraging sometimes naturally you don't even realize it to excel and exceed in any area rather life work or business mm. those five are making up of your core building blocks of your professional dna and now that you've discovered them you have to position yourself to leverage them so i know for me one of my building blocks from a professional dna perspective is strategic planning. I have been a strategist, my mother will say, since I was like six. <laughs> okay. Been building strategies and concocting plans since I was like six years old. Right. So before the PMP, before I became a certified project management professional, before I started managing federal strategic communications and IT projects, before I started operating in my company, like I have just had this natural ability to project manage. Hmm. And I leverage that in everything that I do. I leverage that as a parent. I leverage it as a student when I was in school. I leverage it at a, as a business owner. I clearly leverage it as a project manager. I leverage it with my clients and the frameworks and, and methods that I build for them to build their strategic solutions. Yeah. I use it all the time and I'm good at it. And I need you to sit back and say, what do I use all the time? And I'm doggone good at it. I'm gonna tell you right now, guys, Parker, communications is a part of his professional DNA. Like, Thank you. Parker is an incredible communicator, a strategic communicator at that, and has been able to leverage his communication skills through college. I don't even have to be there, but it's the way that I interact and engage with him that Thank I can you. tell that that is a clear building block that makes up his professional DNA. What's yours? And I want mm. you to get five and I want you to start using them, leveraging them to excel in your career. Whew. That is, I love that. That's the first time on the show that anyone's ever walked through the step-by-step -step process of actually going through something that actionable. So first of all, really appreciate you walking yeah. through that. If you aren't in a spot right now where you could have gone through that exercise with us, let's rewind at five minutes. That was so <laughs> worth it. Um, and, and I've done similar things to that before where you really just get to dive into that self-reflection and really appreciate your, um, your compliment there on, on my communication as well. Uh, what, one of the things that you mentioned just before we went through that exercise was instead of work-life balance, you called it work-life harmony. Yes. I'm curious to hear more about that because it's something that now as a full-time professional work-life balance is all being talked about and, I'm curious to what level or your take on work life. Is it on Saturday or Sunday? I'm not working. Is it this? Is it hours? Like what all goes into work life harmony? Yeah. So this is a great question and it's definitely of debate. So you will hear work life balance. You will hear work life harmony. I actually heard worth life balance before. So oh. there's all these different ideas around essentially how to manage your time your energy and your resources. That's what this is about. And for me, here's how I want you to think about work-life balance so that you can understand where my opposition is to it. When we talk about work-life balance, a lot of times it's 50-50, right? There's a scale and we've got work over here and we have life over here. And this is concept of trying to get them to balance out, right? But work and life are not 50-50. 
50-50. That does not make sense. I cannot give 50% to work and 50% to life. I cannot balance the two. And quite frankly, my life has dynamic pockets all throughout. There is work, there is business, there's my personal life that's me self. I'm a parent. There are my finances. There's business. There's travel and leisure. There's my wellness and my fitness. There's all these areas in your dynamic life. There's not enough than 50-50 to mm. give to each one of those areas. So I challenge you to think about work-life harmony, where work and life coexist and are integrated together. Mm. Because it needs to be a part of your holistic view of how you pursue life. So what that looks like, actually, you're like, Tarika, that sounds beautiful. What does that look like? Well, for me, I think you have to take a look at, okay, what are all the things that I have going on? Everything. What do I have going on from a family perspective? What are my fitness and wellness goals and journeys right now? What do I have going on from a leisure and just fun and travel? What do I have going on for finances? What do I have going on for business? What do I have going on for work? Take every single aspect of your life, guys. Yep. And I want you to break it up into little pillars, give it a title. And then you've got to think about when do you do those things? Hmm. Because they, you, you deserve to give all of them your attention and yeah. all of them your time, right? And all of them your energy, but you can't give 50 here and 50 there. You're going to run out of a hundred percent. You've almost have to manage this like a, a diversified investment. We don't take all of our money and put it in one place. You are taking that and you're putting it in pockets and areas, right? Mm. And then when you really want to focus in one area, you might up the ante a little bit. Yeah. Well, think about that as far as work-life harmony. I want you to be present in the moment. If you're at work, let's be at work. Let's be present. Let's go all in. But at some point, because you have all these other areas of your life that you're not to neglect, we need to shift to fitness and wellness. Mm. We need to shift to fun and leisure. We need to shift to just personal self-care. And you've got to schedule your life harmoniously together and set boundaries for when you are doing what. And when you do that and you do that early in life, not I'm not going to say early in your career because this is looking at your entire whole self. Right. When you do that early, you start to set boundaries that not only you maintain, but boundaries that others respect. Mm. You start to position yourself to where you are living a fulfilled life, which naturally is going to spill over into having a fulfilled career. Yeah. Because you're really clear on what work-life harmony, the integration of it all looks like for you. So that's why, Parker, I am team work-life harmony versus team work-life balance. Cause there's no 50, 50 here. And I tried it and I failed miserably <laughs> I to say, okay, family, you know, this, this is your time here work. This is your time here. And you know what happened very quickly? Work did this. Mm, yeah. Family yep. right? Because I was trying to split two things versus realizing all of the dynamic areas of my life that I was essentially ignoring. And I ran out of steam, yeah. but what I gave so much to was what was bringing in income and revenue, right? Yeah. And I started to give that a higher value and a prioritization that was wrong, right? Because I wasn't looking 
looking at holistically myself. Yeah. And, and it's perfect timing around, there's so much conversation going on around mental health, looking at, you know, we're, we're just realizing how much of an impact the small things can have on work, right? That when we are over prioritizing, under prioritizing other things in our lives, that the, um, I'm curious, kind of like hot take on, um, there's a big, a lot of research going on around the four day work week right now. So I, I don't know how much uh, you've researched or seen or, or been a part of that, but, um, but curious to hear your take on that. The, the big thing that I've heard is, you know, the four days and having three days where you can take the time is actually, you can get as much done or be as productive or be as engaged in four days as five. Curious to hear your take from just a career professional side of things. Yeah, so I will tell you, I really love the concept of the four-day work week and the research that's been done. I'll be honest with you, the thing that doesn't need to happen, though, is that in the four days, that is the work week, in those four days, that you lose a sense of work-life harmony. Mm. So let's not say that I'm going to have the four day work week. And for those four days, I'm grind, 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 work, 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 work. And then take a breath. And I got three days for myself. Absolutely not. You have to look at the whole self because your life for four days of the week is not just made up of work. Mm. Good point. So in those three days, you may give additional special attention to things that don't necessarily align with work or business. Yeah. But in those four days, we can't forget that we are a whole person that has dynamic pockets of our life. Yeah. So I'm here for it. I'm here for a four-day work week. However, I don't want us to lose a sense of work-life harmony in those four days. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's a, it's a good take. And I, I could see that easily happening. You know, people who are wanting to work 10, 12-hour days on those four days completely lose your whole week. Um. All right. And then second hot take that I'm interested in, I've been hearing, I've heard a lot on both sides of personality test conversations, personality tests. It's good in that it's helping with self-awareness. You really get to like learn yourself and see your profile, all this. And then I've also heard the other side where it's, um, you know, oh, we're grouping all people into 16 different types of personalities or into these five, you know, categories or whatever it is. Curious from, again, career development, professional side of things, what do you think about personality tests as a tool versus something that's kind of like unnecessarily grouping me in with this, you know, this generalized group of people? Ooh, Parker, you, that's a hot topic. So I will tell you that <laughs> I do like personality tests. I do. But I like them to serve as an initial foundation. It is not the end all be all. It is to inform, right? Versus to dictate. Mm. It's to inform versus to dictate. Because I don't believe that any test, any test, even if I think about the test, the standardized testing that happens in our schools, I don't believe that that captures a child's ability, you know, their academic ability. I don't believe that that captures a child's knowledge base. I think that an instrument and a tool that gives us insight Mm. right into their skill sets into their knowledge into what they've been taught what they have retained i think the same about personality tests i think it gives you insight but it is not giving you the full scope of that individual's personality yeah 
The other thing I think about personality tests, while they are so beautifully crafted and there's a ton of resources and funding that goes into developing them, is that I do think that depending on the day, I've and I've done this myself, I've done a DISC assessment mm-hmm. when I'm in a healthy work environment and I feel differently about myself and who I am and what I and what I'm what I'm doing in the moment. And then I've also done a disc assessment, disc assessment and a Berkman in a place where I was like thriving. Mm. And you would think that I have like some type of personality complex. <laughs> you're so different, right? So you're like, okay, Tarika, what's going on, right? <laughs> so I think that, you know, it's also, you have to keep it in perspective. And when people are t- taking these types of assessments, it's just one view right? to inform in that moment which is why it's actually encouraged by many experts to take them often. Don't mm. just take one. It's like I take my Berkman and I'm done. And this is what I am. I take my disc assessment. I follow it around. I got it for 15 years. This yeah. is who I am. Guarantee you that two and three years into your career, that disc assessment is going to look different just because you've evolved, you've grown, you actually are starting to see things through a different lens and perspective. Mm. So I, 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 I like them, okay. but to inform and not, dictate and be like the end-all be-all of who that individual is because that's realistic totally all right two great hot takes i like it i appreciate you playing along with that because i it's just two things that have been knocking around in my head and i'm I'm always curious about um so two things one you're putting out a lot of content from the podcast to i know you're on linkedin you're doing lives with people all this different type of stuff so if people have liked your this conversation like what you're doing and want to follow more of you where's the best place to kind of connect or go and and then can can kind of like find everything from there is there a good place to go yeah, a great question. So I'm going to give you two because when you get Perfect. to those two, you can get to everything else, right? Great. So the first is the Professional DNA Podcast. So streaming across all platforms. Um, we are actually, we just finished season two and are prepping for season three and we are going video. So I'm nice. super excited about that. Um, we'll be launching YouTube channel, et cetera. So super excited about that. Season three is coming, but you can catch up on season one and season two, which there's like 70 plus episodes. You got a ton of content to listen to and catch nice. up. Okay? The second way is via Instagram, professional underscore DNA. And that is where I do primarily a lot of my content. I definitely interact on LinkedIn. And if you look me up by name, uh, you'd be able to find me. And I'd love to connect with folks there and um, follow me. And I do I do have content there. But I would say for that consistent stream of career development, mindset, and work-life harmony content, you're going to find that at professional underscore DNA. Perfect. Boom. All right. And as always, I'll have those linked in the description. So if you're interested in following, boom, I've got those and the handles will be in the um, in the description. So first of all, uh, Tarika, I want to say thank you. Uh, you've been just such an incredible mentor for me. And I know that as we're continuing on, I'm going to be uh, just continuing to learn so much from you. And then um, and then for everybody listening, I uh, appreciate you tuning in as always, um, always bringing on founders, you know, just people who are going to help you in your personal and professional life to be growing, to be engaged and, and to continue to achieve that, that harmony that we're, we're talking about this episode. So thank you for tuning in. You can follow at taking a breath podcast on Instagram for more clips and content, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next episode.